If you would, please turn in a Bible, if you have one with you, to Luke 19. And as you're turning, I will, I'll go ahead and say this. Um, a lot of the insights that I will be sharing with you today, um, I found in a very helpful book called uh, Jesus Through Middle Eastern Eyes by a man named Kenneth Bailey. And so I'll just let you know that ahead of time. Please turn to Luke 19. I will be reading verses 1 through 10. This is the word of God. He entered Jericho and was passing through. And there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd he could not, because he was small of stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when he saw it, and when they saw it, They all grumbled. He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house since he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. So far the reading of God's word, please pray with me. Our Father in heaven, we give you thanks for your word. We give you thanks for the way that you instruct us through it, for the good news that you give us through it. We thank you that you are good And that you work through your word. It will not return to you empty. And so we ask that you will now be with us. We ask that you will apply your word to our hearts. And that uh, the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts will be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Hospitality is a, is a big deal in my work with international stu- students. Uh, students have come from all over the world. They're far away from home. They're far away from family. They're far away from friends. And so for the, for the idea that someone would open up a home and welcome them in is very important. Oftentimes they come from cultures where hospitality is not just... Um, something that's nice, it is expected, and it is commanded, and culture puts huge pressures on hospitality. And um, the culture that Jesus was walking through that we see here in Luke 19 is one of those cultures. Um, if If you look back in Luke 18, in verses 31 through 34... Jesus is telling his disciples 
that he is going to Jerusalem and he is going to die. Um, you can imagine the disciples are a little confused about this. Um, and it's, in verse 34 it says, But they understood none of these things. But they're on their way to Jerusalem. And on their way to Jerusalem, they pass through Jericho. And so in the last few verses of uh, chapter 18 in Luke here, 35 through 43, Jesus is on his way into Jericho. He's on his way in. And so for the people of Jericho to show hospitality, to show honor to this great teacher, they've heard about Jesus. They respect Jesus. But to show honor to him, they go outside of Jericho. They have gone outside the city walls to meet Jesus and to welcome him basically with a large parade going into Jericho. So he's on his way in. And there's the blind beggar. He cries out to Jesus. He says, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. So there's the idea that even now that the blind beggar knows, or at least has this idea that Jesus is the Messiah. He uses the term, term son of David. And so Jesus heals the blind beggar. It's a sign. It shows that, yes, in fact, Jesus is the Messiah who was to come. Jesus is fulfilling the promises that were spoken of him in the Old Testament. And so you can imagine, not just have the people of Jericho gone out, they have um, greeted Jesus outside the city there, welcoming him in, and they see this miraculous sign. And they're excited because they're thinking that Jesus is going to spend the day with them. He's going to come in. There's going to be a big feast. Jesus will spend time teaching the people of Jericho. He'll spend time talking with the people of Jericho inside the city. And so they'll be doing this. But here we are in chapter 19. Verse 1. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. The fair citizens of Jericho are suddenly very disappointed. Jesus isn't going to stop for the big feast. He isn't going to stop for the party. He's not going to stop and tell the people about his plans in Jerusalem. He's not going to spend that time with them. He is getting ready to continue on to Jerusalem. He's already set his face. He's, he has set his face to go to Jerusalem, where he has just predicted that he will die. Um, it, is, it is a little bit before the Passover, as Jesus is on the way. But he's passing through. The people would be disappointed. Just as you might be disappointed. You have friends. They're coming to visit. You might have already prepared a nice roast or had plans for dinner. And then all of a sudden they're like, hey, I just want to say hi. I can't stay. And you might be like, but you said you're going to be staying with us. Sorry, got to keep going. You would, similar sense of disappointment. And so Jesus is passing through. And then all of a sudden we get this introduction. Verse 2. 
And there was a man named Zacchaeus. Okay? Zacchaeus is introduced for us. And it said that he was a chief tax collector and was rich. Um, Most people don't like tax collectors. When tax breaks come along, people are happy. Uh, But there's more to it than just taxes here. The Jews living in Palestine were under oppression in the military rule of Rome. And they collected taxes from the Jewish people. And Zacchaeus was one of those people who collected taxes for the Romans. So in effect, Zacchaeus was your local collaborator or traitor with the Romans. He, he, it would have been like he sold out his people so that he could work for the Romans. And because of the way that the tax system worked, he knew how much taxes he was supposed to collect. And it was up to him to collect his own salary. So... Zacchaeus was probably very generous with his salary allotment when he was pulling taxes from the locals. And so it says here that he was rich. As in Zacchaeus has become rich by collecting taxes from the people of Jericho, his countrymen, so that he could send taxes off to Rome. And so everybody in town would think of him as a traitor and a cheat and a liar and they hated him. They did not like Zacchaeus. Even now we can think when um, we hear, hear stories in the news of traitors against one's nation. There's an uproar and there's outrage. Um, being a traitor is one of the few capital offenses in um, the Constitution. Um, Being a traitor has serious consequences. So Zacchaeus was hated. He was seen as a sinner with no possibility of seeing the kingdom of God. And yet, Zacchaeus was seeking to see Jesus. Um, Here we are in verse 3. He was seeking to see Jesus. He must have heard something about Jesus already, that he wanted to see Jesus. But our passage tells us in verse 3 that he was short. Many of you have probably sung the song about Zacchaeus, a wee little man was he. Um, I I sang that one growing up. Um, So Zacchaeus was a short man. And normally, if Zacchaeus wasn't hated as a traitor and as a thief uh, because of his tax-collecting duties, the crowd would have opened up. They would have let him pass through so that he could see Jesus on the way. But because he was hated, he would not dare to try to pass through the crowd. Um, His life was constantly at risk whenever he would be in a crowd. Somebody might pull a knife. Somebody might try to kill him while he's in the midst of the crowd. And so Zacchaeus was always watching his back. So he's like, I can't go through the crowd. I'm short. I can't see over. I can't ask to go through. So Zacchaeus comes up with a plan. I will go outside of the city walls. 
I will run ahead and I will climb a tree. Um, the interesting thing about this is it would be shameful for a rich, wealthy man in the society to run. He'd have to pick up, he'd have to pick up the edges of his garment, exposing his lower leg, run outside the city. Young boys could run. Maybe young men could run. If you were in battle, you could run. If you are a wealthy man in the city, you would not run. You would either walk or you would ride. You don't run. That's, that would be shameful. And so then Zacchaeus compounds his, like, what would be considered shameful in his culture by he climbs a tree. He has climbed a tree, and it mentions a sycamore tree. And so the, the interesting thing about these sycamore trees is that they have low branches, which is very handy for a short man. So low branches, he can climb into the tree, and it has thick, dense leaves. So he's up in the tree so that he can see, but he's also hoping not to be seen. But he wants to see Jesus. He has heard something. He, he, he has some idea that Jesus is special. Um, this, is, this is a question especially for the children, but if you've gone through childhood, you can, you can think with me here. Have you ever had a time in which you're hiding from somebody and then you close your eyes and you're like, they can never see me now? My eyes are closed. Like, I can't see them. They can't see me. Well, there's something to this. Um, Zacchaeus is up in the tree. He's hoping to be hidden, um, but he didn't hide very well. Uh, because in verse 5, it says, when Jesus came to that place. So Jesus has gone outside of the city. There is a crowd that has gone with him. Just as they extended hospitality to Jesus by going outside of the city to welcome him, they're going to continue with him as he continues outside of the city to walk with him. Maybe even saying, please stay with us. But they're going outside the city. Jesus comes to this place. He looks up and said to him, Zacchaeus. Jesus saw Zacchaeus in the tree. But the question is, how did Jesus know Zacchaeus' name? Because of the crowd that went out with him, because of their hatred of Zacchaeus, this would probably have been a prime time for the people of Jericho to get out all of their frustration with Zacchaeus while he's basically trapped in a tree. So there will be insults flying at Zacchaeus. Um, there will be choice uh, words, curses, um, maybe even threats of physical violence. And as one of these threats begins, as crowds sometimes do, things kind of grow in their excitement. The, the anger of the group grows. Uh, but Jesus is here. Jesus sees Zacchaeus. Jesus calls out to Zacchaeus. And Jesus says to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. The people of Jericho would be shocked. Jesus is telling this sinner, 
This man that we think has no chance to get into the kingdom of God. The one who lies to us, who cheats us, who is a collaborator with Rome. And Jesus says, come down from we'll stay at your house today. After Jesus has already been passing through, already by his action saying, I am not staying here today. And now he's saying, Zacchaeus, I'm staying at your house. I'm staying with you. Zacchaeus is excited. He hurriedly came down and received Jesus joyfully. Verse 6. But verse 7, the crowd, the people, the people who had gone out, when they saw it, when they heard Jesus saying to Zacchaeus, come down, because I'm going to be staying at your place today. Verse 7 said, they all grumbled. The people of Jericho are angry. They had anger with Zacchaeus because of his collaboration with Rome, because of his being a traitor, because of his thieving and cheating and stealing. But now they're grumbling. Now they're angry with Jesus. Because Jesus, by walking through, has rejected their hospitality, and they would have already been making preparations. And now Jesus is going in to dine with, to fellowship with, to spend time um, interacting with this sinner, this man who everybody in the town hated. The idea of a great teacher going into a tax collector's house was shocking. Why? Passover is coming up. Do you not care that you're going into this house of this man and by going in you would be thought to be unclean? Passover is coming up. You're on your way to Jerusalem for Passover. You're going to be unclean by staying here, by eating with this man, by staying in his home. But Jesus goes. He calls Zacchaeus. He takes that anger that the crowd had for Zacchaeus and he shifts it to himself. And so, verse 8, later that day, um, they would have been around the table now at Zacchaeus' house. They would have been feasting. They would have made a big meal. They'd be feasting. And Zacchaeus stood up. Zacchaeus is now the host. Jesus said no to the hospitality of the town where they've already picked, they would have already picked out the honorable place for Jesus to say. He says no, invites himself to Zacchaeus' house. And so now Zacchaeus is somewhat of a host in his own home. And he stands up. It's his time to make remarks as the host. And this is what he says. Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. Oftentimes when we see Jesus having conversations with people, we see what Jesus does. Often he heals them. He has a conversation with them. He welcomes them. Oftentimes he says, um, 
you are healed. Your sins are forgiven. And then we don't necessarily hear about the person he was speaking to. This is one of these cases in Scripture in which Jesus is talking with somebody and we see how they respond. Jesus called to Zacchaeus. He invited himself to his home. And this is how Zacchaeus responded. He received him with joy. And he seeks to make things right. Zacchaeus, who formerly was greedy, is willing to give up his former passion of seeking money. I will give away half of my goods. I'll give them away. I'll give them to the poor. Because now, because Jesus has affected my heart, I can now, and because Jesus has shown me costly love, he has taken the the hostility of the crowd, he has put it on himself, and because Jesus' costly love has has been shown to me, I can now show costly love to others. So I'm going to give half of my possessions to the poor because the poor need to be taken care of. And where I have been a cheat and I have lied to people and I have stolen from people through my tax business, if I have cheated anyone of anything, I will restore it fourfold. I'm here and I'm going to be making restitution. I'm going to be trying to make things right. Restoring what I stole. And when you think about it, He's already promised a nice 50% donation of his wealth to the poor. If he's cheated anybody, and it's been more than 13%, or I guess 12.5% really, um, he's poor. He's broke. Where he once was greedy and he wanted this money, he's willing to give it away because he has a new love. He has been shown costly love, and now he loves something else, or actually someone, more than the money that he once loved. He is now willing to say, I'm willing to give it all away because of this man right here. The man who is on his way to Jerusalem. The man who is on his way to die for people like Zacchaeus. And as Zacchaeus gives this big pledge, this big promise of what he's going to do with the wealth that he has gotten through uh, cheating and lying and stealing through his tax business, Jesus responds to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. Salvation has come to this house. The same place where everybody thought, if Jesus goes there, he will become unclean. The same man where people were thinking, Zacchaeus, the traitor's tax collector, has no chance to get into the kingdom of God. Jesus is saying, salvation has come to this house. Jesus came to that house bringing salvation. He came with power. And he came to bring Zacchaeus to himself. Jesus recognizes that Zacchaeus is saved and that Jesus says that there is a new status on 
this man. He is a son of Abraham. He is a man of faith. Zacchaeus is believing in the promised Messiah. The Messiah who's going to die as the Lamb of God. And the sons, and, and Jesus says this to Zacchaeus, even when he just makes the promise. It doesn't say that he actually given away those things yet. It's early. Zacchaeus is still early in his walk of following after Christ, entrusting Christ and following him. But salvation has already come. He will grow in following Christ. He will grow in trusting. He will grow. But as of now, it's still a promise. I will give away half. I will restore. But the sons of Abraham, it's those people who are the ones who are people of faith, who walk after Christ. And then Jesus, in verse 10, continues with, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. And that's what we see in these ten verses. We see Jesus coming to Jericho, seeking the lost. Zacchaeus was lost. He was up in a tree, hoping not to be found. Hoping not to be found. And Jesus finds him. There are times, and this may, this may be something you're going through now, this may be something that you've gone through in the past, or this may be something that you go through in the future. But there are times in which we seek to hide from Christ. We shouldn't do it, but the sin in our hearts has us seek, has us want to hide. Maybe because of our shame for the things that we have done, for the things that we have thought. Maybe because of our weakness. Maybe because of our guilt. But Jesus seeks and he saves. He is powerful. And so Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. And he is going to die in about a week after he visits with Zacchaeus. He's on his way to Jerusalem. And he was finishing up his mission his earthly ministry. He's on his way to Jerusalem so that he can die as the Passover lamb, the one who is slain to take away the sins of the world. He is going to give his life to ransom for himself a great people from all nations. And it's through Jesus' life, and it's through his death and resurrection that he fulfilled the calling that God put upon him. He Jesus was wholly loyal to his heavenly Father. He obeyed the commands. His heart was always firmly set upon the will of his Father, loving the Father, even as we're called to do, but we don't. So he obeyed the law of God, and he exercised his power. He demonstrated his loyalty to the Father. And on the cross, Jesus took upon himself our weakness. He took upon himself our weakness. Where we 
struggle with sin and fail. That weakness he took upon himself, yet without sin. Where we have brought shame upon ourselves because of our disloyalty to our God who has created us and who loves us and who cares for us and who provides for us day by day. Where we have brought shame upon ourselves, Jesus took that shame upon himself. Hanging there naked before the crowds to see, people mocking and spitting upon him, he took our shame upon himself. And the guilt that we have incurred because of our wrongdoing, because of our sin, because of our disobeying the law of God, he took that upon himself too. And so he faced the wrath of God and he died. But he rose again on the third day. He rose again on the third day. And so now we have the sure, the, the sure confidence and the hope in Christ that because he took our weakness, he bestows upon us power to follow Christ, to follow himself. Because he took our shame, he also gives to us honor and a place in the family of God. And because he took our guilt, he also gives us his righteousness so that we're clothed in pure white robes before the Father. And when we stand before the Father, we will be declared righteous because of the work of Christ. Because Jesus was the Messiah who was to come. He is the Messiah who died and who rose again. He is even now before his Father interceding for us. So that when we still deal with our weaknesses, Jesus is praying for us. How do we respond to such a love that seeks us when we did not want to be found, who died for us because even who died for us, even though we were the traitors, because we were the ones who violated loyalty and commands of God. We respond by loving Christ. We respond by loving God and following Christ. We respond by pledging our allegiance to him. That we trust him, that he has forgiven our sins because we trust in him. And then we submit ourselves to his authority. If we love God, we will keep his commandments. And he has given us power to do so. But when we do sin, we have an advocate with the Father. As we see from Zacchaeus here, that's like us. We were lost, we were hiding, and Jesus came to seek and to find and to save. And that is what he has done powerfully. And so as we respond to him, loving God and loving our neighbor, uh, restoring and reconciling when we wrong and humbly walking with our God. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, we give you thanks 
that though we are sinners and though we have um, at times been disloyal to you, that we have hidden ourselves. We thank you that Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. We thank you that this promise is for those who are near and for those who are far off. That you are redeeming those from every uh, tongue, tribe, nation, and people among the earth. And that you are powerfully working. That you uh, loved us so much that Christ died for us. We thank you that he rose again on the third day. And that we can have confidence uh, that we have been restored to you through Christ. Uh, So we ask that you will help us to walk humbly with you, to grow in our love for you and for our neighbor. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.